I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Got our rapid review of the Pacific Championship final on the weekend. Just going to focus on this game here and then we'll try and cover the other games uh, over the course of the day. If not, we will cover them on Bloke and a Bar, so stay tuned for that. But I just thought being the Pacific Championship's final, Australia-New Zealand, and a pretty historic game as well. Uh, I thought we'd just cover it in depth here. So 30 nil. The Kiwis, what a victory. Uh, We'll obviously talk about the Kangaroos, and, you know, it's obviously a massive win for the Kiwis, and it tends to be when you have big moments like this. Uh, Unfortunately, it tends to be that you get a lot of the talk around the losers instead of the winners, uh, simply because in this situation, the Kangaroos were the red-hot favourites. There's a number of guys going into this test match uh, that were probably under a little bit of pressure in general, um, and that unfortunately didn't perform overly well. So I don't want to get straight into the Kangaroos, because I do want to appreciate what the Kiwis have done here and you know this isn't just another test match this is in my opinion uh, the Kiwis greatest victory in their existence I think this is incredible they might have had bigger wins they might have had you know bigger wins as far as moments World Cups and whatnot. Uh, but I thought this was definitely their most dominant performance over the Kangaroos that I have ever seen and that I've ever heard of to be completely honest with you. this is the Kangaroos worst loss in their history uh, going down 30 points to nil in New Zealand, coming off a loss last week. Keep in mind, I mean... It seems like so long ago now, but I think every single one of us was sort of sitting here last week saying, you know what, the Kangaroos just dusted them 13 plus. They've got to bring in arguably the two best front rowers in the world and arguably uh, the best edge back rower in the world, Liam Martin. So, I mean, like, the, 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 for the Kiwis to win, I think that was a tremendous effort. For them to do what they did is unbelievable. And I mentioned last week that the idea of an ambush, it did have me really worried. Uh, but, you know, not enough worried to buy into the Kiwis winning, the Kiwis getting close. I still thought it would be tight. I thought the Kiwis would have a red hot crack. I thought the Kangaroos had come in over the top late. And to be honest with you, uh, the longer the game went, the worse the Kangaroos got and the better the Kiwis got. So full credit to the Kiwis, an incredible victory. Shout out to their coach, Michael Maguire, an incredible effort from a selfish point of view. As disappointed as I was to see the Kangaroos go down 30 nil, I sat there and went, my God, uh, for the Kiwis to beat the Kangaroos 30 nil, a much bigger challenge uh, than probably what New South Wales faced to get over the top of Queensland. So it does have me excited. Madge, he is a 
tough task manager. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. Uh, and I think that, you know, he obviously won in 2014, which was incredible, a sensational premiership. And then you saw, obviously, how hard he trained that South Sydney side, that they weren't able to stay at that level for a long period of time. And maybe I'm sort of looking at it now going, you know what? Maybe a short period of time uh, to get up for your absolute best footy. Maybe it'll suit Madge a little bit better. Obviously, uh, you know, I, I was nervous about that 48 hours ago, obviously, and I'm more than happy to admit that. But, geez, I mean, you've got to give full credit to Madge for what he's done here, and hopefully it can translate into the Origin Arena. But that's going to be a very, very tough task. But let's focus on the Kiwis. An unbelievable effort. I'll be honest with you, I said it on Instagram the other day, I was a little bit disappointed with the crowd. Uh, 13,500. Uh, obviously, on the vision, we could only see one side of the stadium, and that was the side that was in the sun. So potentially, uh, there were more people over in the shade. I, I, I don't know. I can't comment. But I did think... The stadium uh, was a little bit disappointing. Uh, I thought there would be a lot more people there. And I, I genuinely thought that towards the second half, uh, more people there. I reckon a few people got in, in the car and uh, headed into the game at halftime just quietly to enjoy the moment. Uh, but, you know, that was one very small downside. And, I mean, when it comes to International Rugby League, are we overly shocked that we get a small crowd occasionally? I think if we're realistic and fair income, we're not. Um, but I thought for a final, that place would be absolutely humming, especially in New Zealand. Um, so, yeah, look, the Kiwis, though, their performance was unbelievable. Try scorers, you had Mulatalo, Isako scored a double. Matty Timiko scored his first try for the Kiwis as well, which is great to see. And Griffin Neem crossed in the 70th minute as well, his first try for the Kiwis as well. So a pretty special moment there. Pretty poor defence in that moment by Nico Hines, who came on late uh, with an almost impossible task to try and turn the tide here. But Griffin Neem, he really does deserve that moment. I think he's toiled away up there for North Queensland for quite some time. And uh, it was great to see him get this opportunity and take it with both hands. And I think you could see how much of a good Blake Griffin name is by the reaction of his teammates. They absolutely uh, just loved that moment. It was so good to see. I think Matty Timiko is another one that, you know, the Kiwis have played three games. I tipped him to score a try in two of them. This is the first one I didn't tip him to score a try. And, of course, he crosses over. And uh, what a great try it was, too. Uh, obviously, some very good ball playing. But Matty Timiko, I thought there was a few times throughout this game, throughout this series where he didn't quite back himself. Backed himself completely in that moment. Scored a great try. So, shout-out to him. Uh, you got to remember as well, with Timiko, we spoke about it during the entire series. Uh, he's normally a right center for the Canberra Raiders. He's only played first grade on the right side. Uh, to move over to the left side and do what he did, pretty damn impressive. So shout out to him. Uh, I think he's got such a big future in our game and I, I think he's got the potential to be uh, one of the great Kiwi centers. He's very young. Uh, he's very explosive. He's only going to get better as time goes on. Uh, he's going to be, you know, if they keep him at left center, he's going to always have Dill Brown with him, who's in sensational form. So I'm very, very excited about his future. Uh, you know, Joey Manu's obviously got the right side locked down. They've had the options to play him at fullback, but, you know, off the back of that game yesterday, I don't think... You could possibly move chance. It'll be interesting when Roger comes back into the mix, what happens. Uh, but Matty Timiko has me really excited. So shout out to him. I thought Molotalo was fantastic as well. Uh, he obviously scored the first try. He came up with the big shot on Val Holmes. But just throughout the game, he had a couple of moments that really impressed me. He was taking some really tough runs. I think he had two or three line breaks sort of coming out of his own end. I'll just get his stats up now. Line breaks for Ronaldo Molotalo, two. Uh, he ran for 165 metres. 
very, very impressive in this game. Had seven tackle breaks as well, so sensational. You have a look at the tackle breaks for the outside backs. Chan, six. Mulatalo, seven. Timiko, three. Manu, three. Isako, five. Uh, even you get into the halves, Dill Brown, five. Jerome Hughes, five. When your outside backs are, you know, your worst outside backs are Matty Timiko and Joey Manu breaking three tackles, uh, you are having a damn good day, and that's exactly what the Kiwis had. So shout out to Mulatalo. Uh, he obviously scored that great try in the last game we saw. Um, and, you know, he didn't have to do as much for his try this time, but I just thought some other key moments he came up with. He caught a short dropout at one point. There was a big point as well. I wouldn't say it was a turning point, uh, but it was just another huge moment for him. So shout out to him. Very, very impressive from Mulatalo. Jermaine Osako, we'll talk about him a little bit later today. I want to sort of go through his season and whatnot and just have a chat about where he's come from and where he's ended up. So that podcast will be coming later. Uh, but Jermaine Osako to score two tries in that game. They won 30 to nil. Uh, he scored 18 points. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it later, but his performance, incredible. Uh, 146 run meters, 50 post contact, two line breaks, five tackle breaks. Jermaine Osako, he was absolutely everywhere in this game and goal kicked at a very high click. What did he get? Four from five, and he knocked over a penalty goal, so five from six. So uh, a huge game from Jermaine Osako. I want to talk about the halves. Still Brown. And Jerome Hughes uh, criticised them last week because it just looked like there was no one steering the ship. And to be honest with you, um, I thought Jerome Hughes probably took a little bit more control, but they really did play sort of uh, left and right, and they did it incredibly well. I did think Hughesy steered the ship a little bit more than what he did the week before. Thought he did a very, very good job of it. And I thought Dill Brown, uh, fuck, he was he was explosive. He was everywhere. He had a fantastic game, Dill Brown, as did Jerome Hughes. You have a look at their stats. Both of them ran uh, for 120-plus metres. Both of them had uh, two line breaks. Uh, Dill Brown, he had uh, two try assists. Jer- Jerome Hughes had the one. Some of Dill Brown's passes out to the wing of Jermaine Osako were brilliant. One for a try out there that was one of the better balls of his career. And five tackle breaks. And straight away, that tells me these boys were running. And both of them, they are running halves, and they're at their most dangerous when they're running. Dill Brown, 16 runs. Jer- Jerome Hughes, 19. Just sensational stuff. Uh, so good to see. I thought Jerome Hughes, they actually haven't given him a line break. I thought he did have a line break very early in the second half. Uh, I think he might have got a late offload to Britton Nicotra, yeah, who they've given that line break to. I probably would have given that to Hughesy as well. So, uh, Dill Brown, Jerome Hughes, they would have been right up there for man of the match honors for me. Uh, but Chance had to be the one. He was everywhere. I've got written down here in my notes, Chance, sickle clock start. After, after 20 minutes of football, he had run for 104 meters and he had 43 post-contact. Uh, that is a massive 20 minutes of footy. Soon after that, uh, he added a try assist to it. He was everywhere uh, CNK. He was just popping up all over the place. To run for 104 run metres in 20 minutes of football against the Kangaroos really is incredible. When you have a look at his opposition, James Tedesco, he ran for 164 metres across the entire game. Chance had done 100 in the first 20 minutes. You look at Teddy, he had 56 post-contact metres for the game. Chance in the first 20 minutes. He was already up to 45. And that really isn't, you know, a huge negative on James Tedesco. I mean, most players, uh, well, very few players would have had anywhere near the stats of Chance in those first uh, 20-odd minutes. And, you know, 104 run metres, none of them were line breaks, nothing like that. It was essentially 10 or 11, just tough hit-ups. Uh, so Chance, he obviously started very well. He went on with it. He got to add a little bit of uh, cream on top as the game went on. Had a few big plays there. Six tackle breaks. He had a try assist. He had two line break assists. Uh, uh, but here's the one for me. All run meters, 277. So he had 30 runs of the football chance for 
177 run metres. He was sensational. The big one, though, 101 post-contact metres. It's not very often uh, you see guys jump up past that 100 post-contact sort of area. Keep in mind that Chance, you know, he didn't he didn't have a lot of post-contact metres because he made a line break over co- after contact. He didn't have a line break throughout the game. So very, very impressive Chance. A good clock start. I thought he was incredible. I thought he definitely deserved man of the match honours in this one. It was fantastic to see him get it. I am the first to admit uh, I am very much so guilty of sometimes undervaluing this guy, sometimes underappreciating. I sort of always sort of look for the upside. That's why Roger Tuvasa-Shek at fullback for the Waz becomes so appealing to me. That's why Joey Manu at fullback becomes appealing. But I think Chance, he has just added so much to his game. His ball playing has improved out of sight. I remember when the Canberra Raiders went to the grand final in 2019. Chance worked his dick off to the point um, that he, I think he had to go off with 15 minutes to go in that grand final simply because uh, he had just worked too hard. And my big problem with Chance back then was that he didn't have the ball playing of some of the elite fullbacks. And you know what? I'm not telling you he's a master ball player. Uh, I still wouldn't probably have him in the top five fullbacks as far as ball playing, but he's got it to a level that is a 100% pass mark. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. And I still might be sleeping on his ball playing a little bit there. So shout out to Chance, one of the very best guys in rugby league. Uh, I think you would have to look far and wide to find someone who doesn't like Chance as a bloke and as a footballer. He is just all ticker. I think he had a cracked rib in this game as well uh, to do what he did. Simply incredible. And just the passion that he spoke with after the game as well. Very, very impressive. I I just love everything about Chance uh, and I'm so happy to see him have that moment. Once again, you know, that stat line, 277 run metres, 100 post contact, two line break, one try assist, six tackle breaks, um, doesn't really matter, but two two tackles, zero missed. He was everywhere chance. And once again, this is against the Kangaroos. Uh, this isn't, you know, round 16 at, you know, uh, <laughs> over there at Mount Smart playing against a team in the bottom eight. This is against, you know, the best team in the world or so we thought. So shout out to Chance, an incredible performance. He was fantastic. Forward pack, they were massive. We'll talk about James Fisher-Harris a little bit later today. Uh, but Mosley Otter, I thought he was fantastic. Tough as nails. Kieran Foran, very solid again. Britton Nikita, he is just off his head. He is such a good footballer. He runs the toughest lines. 110 metres. Uh, had a line break in there as well. A couple of key offloads as well that led to big moments. Uh, I thought he was fantastic, as he has been all year. What a season for him. I don't know if you you want to call it a breakout year, uh, but it, it's like he has just steadily improved year on year on year, and uh, yeah, really starting to re- uh, receive the benefits now, Britton Nickett. I'm very, very impressed with him. Uh, Joe Tarpanay, very good, 33 tackles, only missed the one, had two offloads, uh, and ran for 197 metres off 19 runs. Did that in, how many minutes did he play? I feel like he played decent minutes, yeah, 65 minutes at lock. I think sometimes, because you look at this side, and you know, they've got Fish, they've got Liotta, they've got these guys, and they're the premiership winners, they're the big dogs. I think sometimes we overlook what Joe Tapanay does for this Kiwi side, and just how important he is. He is a premier middle forward in our competition. He's really matured over the last year. So 200 odd metres, 87 post contact. Uh, very, very impressive game from Joe Tarpanay. I thought New Brown came on, held his own. I have been critical of New in the past. Uh, just, you know, I'm not quite, you know, obviously they had a lot of hooker injuries, so he got his opportunity. I guess you could say Kieran Foran, if he wasn't playing hooker, 
Would he have been in this side? Maybe in 14. I'm not too sure. Uh, but I thought Foz and New Brown were very, very good when they came on the field. Nelson, 30-odd minutes, did what he had to do. 11 runs, 120 metres. That's what you need from Nelson. Had six tackle breaks. That That is the sort of impact you need from Nelson. Didn't have any offloads, but he didn't need to. He came on. He played his role. Uh, he, he didn't let the tempo drop when Fish and Liotta went off, and that was all Nelson had to do in his 30 minutes, and he did it very, very well. I thought Leo Tom Thompson was good when he was on the field as well. 134 run meters. He was very solid. And Griffin Neem only played 15 minutes. Uh, ran for 63 meters. But the moment came where he scored his try. Nice little individual effort. Pretty poor defense from Nico Hines in that moment. No denying that whatsoever. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, Griffin Neem can only run at who was in front of him. He had a fresh Nico Hines in front of him and he took him on and scored. So an incredible moment there that was so good to see. And you could tell how proud and happy all the Kiwis were. And I think you could tell on their speech after uh, from, obviously, Charns, but then more importantly from James Fisher-Harris. I'll get the quote up now, but I absolutely loved it. And as an Aussie uh, who, you know, uh, I, I'm happy to see the Kiwis win and have this moment, but I do not like losing. Um, his quote was, for the Kiwis boys, this is our moment. This is our group. New Zealand stand up because this is our time. Uh, and when a guy like James Fisher-Harris says that, uh, you've got to sit up and listen because they've got a number of key guys to come back into this Kiwis side. I I think the Kangaroos are going to go through a bit of a transition phase now. They're going to have to make some changes, bring some new guys in, start a bit of a new culture. Uh, I think, you know, the next Kangaroos game we see, assuming he is fit, uh, will be the Nathan Cleary Kangaroos. Um, I assume there's a good chance they'll probably have a new fullback. I think there'll be a few new faces in that Kangaroos side next time they meet, which is wild when you consider uh, the Kangaroos team this year had a number of new faces as well. So a, a number of guys starting to get under a little bit of pressure. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out there. But this Kiwi side, uh, when you think about, you know, in a year's time when we see them play again, you would assume they would have, you know, a Brandon Smith back in there, a Phoenix Crossland, uh, potentially a Torhu Harris. Uh, like, there's a number of guys to go back into this side that will make a big, big difference. Um, and at the moment, it is a gun side as it stands. Fuck, Sean Johnson, uh, whether he's going to play or not, I probably doubt he does, but he's another one that could be an option. Um, and, you know, that's assuming that no other young Kiwis emerge over the next year or so. So, very very, very impressive. Uh, when you have a look at their outside backs, Chance, Mulatalo, Timiko, Manu, Isako, Dill Brown, Jerome Hughes, realistically, um, it wouldn't shock me if that is their outside, if that's their back line in three years' time. You know, all those guys are young enough and fit enough to be playing in two or three years' time. Uh, so it's a pretty scary spot the Kiwis find themselves in. Even the forward pack. Fish, Liotta, Papali'i, Britton Nikita, Joe Tarpanay. Jeez, like, I'm sure there will be other guys that will emerge and whatnot, but if that was the forward pack in two or three years' time, once again, I wouldn't be shocked because they're all at an age where they've got plenty of footy to come. Uh, and you, ha you have a look at the young guys they've brought in this year. Uh, obviously, Matty Timiko's come in. You've obviously had Griffin Neem, Leo Thompson. They will develop. They will grow. Uh, you know, you get Cheese back in there, maybe like a Phoenix Crossland. Jeremy Marshall King's the other one. Uh, so a guy like Phoenix, when you have a look at the form he had playing, hooker this year and he wouldn't probably be in their top two. Now, now that Kieran Foran's played hooker and done really well, would he be in their top three? I'm not too sure. So so many positives uh, to come out of this tournament for the Kiwis. They obviously won. They had a record victory, but the future is looking so bright for the Kiwis, it's not even funny. Uh, so congratulations to them, all you Kiwi fans out there. A lot of us doubted you. I doubted you. I'm sure that even some of you would have doubted them, but they got the job done. They were incredible and it's a very, very proud moment for the Kiwis. And I really do hope they 
can build off the back of this. As I said, they should take a lot of confidence from this game. They've got a young squad that they can now build on. They've got their, their key figures all sorted heading into the future. Very, very exciting times. And, you know, as we know, we, we, with a lot of these Kiwi boys, we will find more over the next year, two years, three years, and hopefully they can just keep developing, keep improving. Keep in mind... You know, you ha- you ha- have a look at the Kangaroos yesterday. Uh, you know, guys like Tino, guys like Payne Haas, Hamiso, guys that could play for Samoa that are playing for the Kangaroos. A lot of guys that could be playing for the Kiwis aren't playing for them. They're over there playing for Tonga. They're playing for Samoa. So they have, they're have they without guys, and they've lost a lot more guys than the Kangaroos have as well. So very interesting times. Congratulations to the Kiwis. And shout-out to Michael Maguire, an incredible coaching effort. Uh, his involvement in this simply cannot be ignored. So shout-out to the Kiwis. We'll have a look at the Kangaroos, guys, and we'll probably have a deeper chat about this on Bloke in a Bar. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But I guess the big question is, who's played their last game? for the Kangaroos. And uh, I personally think there will be a few. Um, obviously, Teddy, it wasn't his greatest game. Um, you know, slipped over, hit the deck a lot. Um, you know, still still ran for 160 metres, six tackle breaks, which is it isn't a bad knock, don't get me wrong. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't Teddy's greatest game. Ha- had an error or two, had a really bad error to start the game as well. Uh, so James Tedesco, he'll be one that will be under serious scrutiny. Obviously, the captain of the Kangaroos. Uh, and, you know, we're having a look at next year's Origins series. You've got Michael Maguire. Will he go with James Tedesco at fullback as the captain, or will he just go in a completely new direction, start something new? We have got a lot of options at fullback for New South Wales, and you would have to think that if Teddy falls out of that blues side, you would have to assume his Kangaroos career is just about done and dusted. But big decision to move on the Kangaroos captain and the New South Wales captain. I'm keen to see what decision Madge comes up with there. So James Tedesco, there's no doubt about it. He will be under scrutiny. He was coming out of this origin series off the back of this, he will be under a lot of pressure. Uh, Dylan Edwards, uh, you know, held his own. Uh, look, I think you need to remember Dylan Edwards. He isn't a winger. Uh, he is a fullback. Uh, he was playing out of position, so I'm not going to go too harsh on Dill, uh, but I don't think it was his greatest performance either. Uh, Hamiso was really quiet in this one. I, I paraded him last week. I gave him all the raps in the world, uh, but he was pretty quiet in this one. Uh, didn't really do too much. 60-odd metres, sorry, 42-odd metres, uh, which, you know, I don't have a huge problem with because I know that Hamiso isn't going to be a superstar run for 130 metres, do the hard work. He is icing on the cake sort of guy. Uh, but it really does stand out when you are down 30 nil that, hey, could we have had a guy out there that does more work coming out of his own end, potentially? Uh, Katoni, he's young. He'll be good for the experience. Uh, I, I don't think it'll put a red sharpie through his name in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Val Holmes. I thought he was good once again. 160-odd run metres. He had 18 runs of the football. Um, obviously got absolutely whacked at run, one point. His dummy half runs, I thought they were very solid. Three dummy half runs for 30 metres. He was good there. Um, you know, missed... Uh, only missed one tackle. He's playing on the wing. I don't, I'm not too concerned about that. Uh, so, yeah, obviously had a few errors, as did the entire back line. And, you know, it's something we've spoken about a lot throughout these Pacific Championships that uh, when you watch these games and you have a look at the outside backs that are making errors. Uh, the team that their outside backs tends to make more errors uh, tends to be really costly. And if you actually have a look at the Kangaroos, uh, the only two forwards in the entire team to make errors, Harry Grant had two, Liam Martin had two. Outside of that, not a single forward had an error, but James Tedesco had one, Dylan Edwards had two, Hamiso had one, Katoni Staggs and Val Holmes had two each. So as we've said, all Pacific Championships, it makes it very, very tough to come out of your own end when your outside backs aren't getting through their sets or turning over the ball and whatnot. Some of these would have been 
in on attacking plays, obviously, uh, but you just you simply cannot allow your outside backs to have this many errors. And there are there were a few of them, obviously, coming out of their own end. Uh, Cam Munster, very quiet. Uh, it's been a weird year for Cam Munster. 18 runs, 101 meters. Uh, you know, two tackle breaks, just not much doing with Cam, unfortunately. Um, made 22 tackles, he missed six, and he had two uh, ineffective, though. So not not a great game for Cam Munster. And, um, you know, I you know he scored the try in Origin 1, obviously, uh, you know, where Lindsay Collins had that incredible moment. He offloaded and credit to Cam Munster. He put himself there. Uh, but, yeah, Cam Munster just doesn't quite seem himself at the moment. I hope I haven't jinxed that heading into Origin next year where he absolutely explodes and rips us a new one. Uh, but, yeah, the Cam Munster that we've known over the last few years, we're just not seeing him at the moment. I'm not sure if there's more going on in the life of Cam Munster. Uh, maybe he's just exhausted after a big few years, you know, obviously winning the premiership. COVID lockdown, he's played Origin Series. He's played, you know, Test Series, World Cups. Maybe money just needs a bit of a spell coming into this season because it, uh, yeah, definitely isn't the Cam Munster that we know and love. Uh, Daly Cherry Evans, look, I I'd per- I didn't really think he was awful in this game. I've seen a lot of people uh, bagging him. As you do, you sort of go after the halfback. Didn't run for a heap of metres, but that's not the sort of guy DCE is, realistically. Um, you know, he, he made 28 tackles. He only missed one. They, they obviously went at him pretty heavily. Didn't have any errors either. Uh, created a half opportunity for Val Holmes at one point. So I didn't think Ches was bad by any means. Uh, you know, his team was on the back foot the entire time. Even if you had Nath Cleary in this side, I don't think he probably could have turned the momentum yesterday. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the Kangaroos sort of found themselves in a bit of a spiral and it turned quickly. But at the end of the day, um, you, you're the halfback and, you know, we've seen it in Origin when he's the halfback of the Maroon side, he gets all the applause. Uh, when Nath's the halfback of the New Wales side and they lose, it, it all gets stacked on him and that, that's the job of a halfback similar to a quarterback uh, in the NRL. Uh, in the NFL, sorry. Um, the halfback job is very, very similar. When you win, you give credit. When you lose, you take responsibility, and that's sort of how it goes. So um, I probably think this will be DCE's last game as the Australian halfback. He's done a tremendous job, to be fair, uh, but I think the Nate Cleary era officially starts next year, and I think it would have started this year had it not been for an injury, obviously. So, yeah, I, I probably think that'll be the last time we see DCE in green and gold, um, unless Nate Cleary's injured again, but honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if they move in a different direction anyway. Uh, Payne Haas. Oh, obviously safe moving forward. Only ran for 100 metres here. Uh, when you have a look at Payne Haas's numbers versus Fisher-Harris and Liotta, uh, you know, he was great in the grand final, but he still only ran for 150 metres. Uh, this year, he averaged 180. So, you know, every game that he has played against these boys, they have kept him very, very quiet. To be fair, I didn't think the Kangaroos did Payne Haas any favours at the start of this game especially. It took until about the 30-minute mark for him to have a hit-up where he was at full flight and going at it. They fucked around with the ball too much. They were disorganised around the ruck. And the Kiwis had line speed. They were shooting up, and the Kangaroos didn't adapt to it very well, and they didn't really allow Payne Haas to adapt well to it either. Uh, Tino, very similar. Safest houses will not be going anywhere, but another quiet game. Didn't even crack uh, the 100 run metres. And once again, credit to those Kiwi front rowers, this is what they do. You might have the biggest dogs in the world, but we're going to fucking come at you. And for the first time in a long time, the stats of those boys have absolutely blown away the genetic freaks of Payne Haas and Tino. Uh, Benny Hunt, 42 minutes. Didn't really get on the front foot all that much. Uh, you know, defensively, wasn't fantastic. Seven tackles, four missed. Was pretty average. Um, thankfully for Ben Hunt, you know, when Harry Grant came on the field, he he, he looked awful, let's be fucking honest here. Uh, so, yeah, we'll talk about that soon. But Benny Hunt, 
uh, yeah, not, not much to say there. Liam Martin played 80 minutes. I am one of the biggest Liam Martin fans in the world. I thought this was an incredibly average game from him. Uh, ran for 100 metres, sure. A uh, couple of tackle breaks here and there, but the big one for me, missed nine tackles. Made 40, but he missed nine. I don't care how many tackles you make, you cannot be missing nine tackles and having two ineffective, and they were bad missed tackles as well. So two errors as well. A very, very poor game from Liam Martin. I've seen a lot of people on social media say, see, I told you he was shit. He's had a bad game, sure, but I'm sorry. Once again, if you think Liam Martin isn't a good footballer, you've got no fucking clue what you're talking about. Had a shocker here, there's no doubt about that, uh, but if you choose to ignore all the good things he's done in the past and focus on just that one game, you're sort of proving my point. Um, Ruben Cotter played on the edge. Look, I've said this on a number of occasions, he can play on the edge, but I don't understand why teams do it. I don't think he is an edge player. Uh, I think he is wasted out there. I think you just need to put Ruben in the middle and just let him go fucking berserk. I understand things didn't quite work out. Cam Murray obviously got injured. It was a late scratching, so they probably didn't have too many options there. Uh, but yeah, I don't like Ruben Cotter out there, and I know this one was forced. It wasn't in Mal Meninga's plans. But yeah, I, I just, I think Reparino, maybe Billy Slater can get the best out of him there. But in general, I think Ruben Cotter is a middle. Uh, made a lot of tackles, missed six though. Very unlike Ruben Cotter. Um, I thought Isaiah Yo was pretty good. Uh, 100-odd metres, had a couple of really decisive runs, made 41 tackles, zero missed. He was very solid to his credit, Isaiah Yo. Uh, the bench... Look, not a heap of impact. I thought Collins and Carrigan would come on and absolutely blow it away. Both were very quiet. Uh, they both played 30 minutes. They didn't have much football during the time they were on the field, uh, and they combined for 90 run metres. So very disappointing by the two of them, especially by the standards that we hold these two uh, to. So very disappointing. Uh, the other one was Nico Hines, who came on with 20 minutes to go uh, in just you know, the worst position you could possibly come on in, essentially. Uh, and he was pretty average. Nico Hines, unfortunately, missed a key tackle on Griffin Neem that uh, let a try through. But once again, um, the plans weren't for Nico Hines to be in this side. Uh, he ended up there, didn't go well. So it is what it is. And uh, the last one we're going to talk about was Harry Grant. Um, I complimented him last week, saying that was the most comfortable I have ever seen him look in the rep arena. He looked a million dollars last week. This week... It was his worst game in the rep arena. I would argue that's probably the worst game I've ever seen Harry Grant play, to be honest with you. He was awful. Uh, there's no denying that. I'm the biggest Harry Grant fan in the world. I've said for a long time I think he could be the second best hooker of all time, uh, and I still think he could. I think that this will be his low point by far and away. Uh, but, yeah, he was very, very disappointing in this one. Two runs for three metres. Uh, he had some really, really poor errors. I think he had two knock-ons, uh, one that was just completely unforced. Sorry, three errors. Um yeah, he was all over the place. Had a crack in defense, 31 tackles, still missed five, and some key ones as well. So, uh, yeah, not a good day for Harry Grant. Uh, obviously, only lasted 38 minutes. They put Benny Hunt back on at the end. Uh, so, yeah, look. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
to be completely honest with you, this game was an absolute shit fight for the Kangaroos. Not much went right. I think a lot of these guys are going to be under pressure heading into next season. Um, thankfully for them, Kangaroos games, there is a long gap between them. Uh, so there will be an entire season to go under the, br- the water under the bridge. There will be an origin series where these guys get to redeem themselves and show what they can do. Uh, but the Kangaroos, they have to go away. They have to lick their wounds and uh, work out how they're going to bounce back from this because that was an incredibly disappointing loss and that one really, really hurt, especially as a Kangaroos fan myself. I always want the Kangaroos to win. I'm happy to see the Kiwis have this moment. I'm happy for International Rugby League and I love a lot of the Kiwis boys and at the end of the day, regardless who I go for, the better team won and the better team won by a country mile as the better team should have that was better by a country mile one. So full credit to the Kiwis. Very, very disappointing day um, for the Kangaroos Uh, and yeah, I guess they just got to Work it out, move on, uh, make some changes, see where we end up. There'll be a lot of names that will be thrown up after this. Obviously, Nathan Cleary, he'll be back into the side. All of a sudden, you're looking around. You know, Tommy Turbo, Latrell Mitchell, if these guys are available, do they walk straight back in? Uh, Josh Adokar, you got to, you know, Cam Murray will come back in. Jake Travojevic is another name that will get thrown up once again. We've seen the win percentages for every side Jake Travojevic is in, how much it drops when he's not in there. Uh, so, yeah, very, very interesting. Guys like Reese Walsh, he becomes interesting all of a sudden. If he dominates, another Origin Series. Uh, for me, I think Reese Walsh has to be the Kangaroos fullback, and potentially it was a mistake not having him in this one as well. So, um, yeah, very, very interesting times. Keen to see how Mal Meninga responds, uh, how the Kangaroos respond in general, what the vibe is around the Kangaroos moving forward. And, yeah, shout-out to the Kiwis, though. Um, I hope that we, in this podcast, we gave enough, we put enough emphasis on what the Kiwis have done because that's what it is about, what the Kiwis have done, not what the Kangaroos haven't done. And we need to give full credit to the Kiwis because they have absolutely played us off the park. Uh, they played with more passion, more intensity. And, you know, you know, we always talk about big stages, big moments. Uh, you know, the biggest stage in the Pacific Championship came and these boys, they stood and delivered, as did the coach, Michael Maguire. So full credit to them. An incredible performance by the Kiwis. We'll have a bit of a deeper dive, all four of us, myself, Kempi, Hammy, and the great T-Rex, T-Williams. Uh, we'll be talking real in-depth stuff on the Bloke in a Bar podcast, which is coming your way this afternoon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 